0: Take a bow son, I mean that take a bow Oh Ben Watson! You're listening
1: to EPL from LFK for week 4 of the 2017-18 English Premier League, presented by the Playmakers and brought to you by your host Sean Goodwin. On today's show, Manchester City vs Liverpool recap and the weekly result recap, the sacking of Frank De Boer, the transfer window is shutting early, quick international break recap, Play with the week and villain of the week, goal of the week, this week in history and week 5 predictions. Joining me today, I have Griffin Hughes, uh, Big Griff, as you call him on the streets. Do they call me that? <laughs> I do. love being called that, apparently. That's what I've heard. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing well, and I love being on EPL. I love talking some soccer.
1: You do? So. Yeah, let's do this. It is your baby, after all. I thinking the last time you were on here. You were. <laughs> 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 Never mind. Okay, we'll just move on. <laughs> 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 so, Liverpool versus Man City. I'm a Liverpool fan, you're a Man City fan for some reason. Uh, what do you see?
0: Well, I saw a City team that actually looked competent. Um, and I saw a player in Kevin De Bruyne who showed mm-hmm. us why he is criminally underrated in terms of being probably one of the five best players in the world, especially in the system that, mm-hmm. that Pep plays in. Um, Pep system doesn't bring out the best in a lot of his current players, but in De Bruyne it does. So he made the best of all his chances. Aguero was vintage Aguero, which I love seeing. Mm. Um, you know, Jesus looked great. Uh, Sane looked great when he came in. Um, I mean, it just it, it was a complete performance, which was awesome to see.
1: Yeah, um, well, I do think the game was pretty well matched until the Marnie red card.
0: Yeah, well, that's uh, taking Mon- removing Mane out of the game, who, by the way, is one of my favorite players in the league right now. He's the best player. Removing him from the game, it changes the face of Liverpool. Just besides the fact that they become down to 10, it just changes the way they attack. It changes the way that they have to go about attacking. When he's on, they become so dynamic up mm-hmm. front. When he's off, you have Mo Salah, and that's kind of it. And You yeah. don't have a lot of dynamic playmaking up there.
1: I mean, Xwafnokes and Mousala did come off a half time as well for League Chamberlain, and I kind of think that was a sign from Jurgen Klopp, two zero down, a man down at Man City. I, I I honestly think he kind of not gave up but accepted. Right. He, he kind of lagged down. Just, he's like, okay. You just kind of concede we, yeah, a little bit. We have Champions League midweek. Um and well, it paid off
0: for him in that respect, sort of.
1: So two two, yeah. Um, so you know. Not our best results, but I think five zero wasn't what we wanted, but after being two zero down at half time with a man down, I kind of expected it. The but, number
0: became irrelevant to me. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just it's it's a win, it's a clean sheet. It's City finally showing some offensive potential and some you know, at least even without Mane, the the defense still looked halfway decent. Mm-hmm. Um and, I mean, let's be real. John Stone's two goals in that match were kind of fluky, both of them. So. Mm-hmm.
1: That was midweek, wasn't it? John Stone's two goals. Oh, yeah, you're the right. Finals. You're right. I'm getting confused. Yeah. I just don't mm-hmm. like
0: John Stone's. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> just anytime I can, anytime I can roast John Stone's, I'm going to take that
1: opportunity. Well, talking about the things, and you mentioned the attacking prowess from City. Uh, Benjamin Mengzi, do you see anything from that game, personally? I know I saw a lot.
0: I love Ben Mendy. I'm gonna put that out there right mm-hmm. now. And as soon as I don't remember the exact uh, the exact timeline of who got signed, if it was Mendy before Danilo, which I think mm-hmm. it was. Yeah. When you sign Danilo, I'm, you know, I'm thinking, why would you do that? You have Ben Mendy. You have this guy at Monaco who was brilliant. Whenever I watched him in its city, he was brilliant. He's been brilliant as well. I don't. I. I he can do everything, and he's a great one on 1v1 mm. defender. Yeah. He's so good with the ball at his feet, his knowledge of the game, especially when he overlaps. It's he'll never get caught out of position, which was the huge problem with City's fullbacks last season was that when they did overlap, they were always out of position. And Mendy just doesn't seem to be early on. It helps him that Mane exited the game. All the same though, he looked the way that you would want that type of signing to look and this is a rare thing for me to say in the Guardiola era, but he seems to be worth every penny Pep paid
1: to yeah. get him. Something I saw him play like this weekend, which I really liked was, I don't know if you noticed, he always seemed to be hugging the touchline. Um, when the ball came to him, he'd always be right on that line. But when he did get it, you know, he'd explode down the wing. Mm-hmm. Um, playing his count- counter-passing defense, um, Trenks Alexander-Arnold, obviously vastly less more experienced, but he was ripping them up every single time. Um, Alexander-Arnold seemed kind of scared to go towards him. When he did, <laughs> <I think> he, <laughs> was, he just caught right inside. Yeah. Um, but something I really liked about Mendy as well was he was always looking to get good crossing. Yeah. Um, as soon as he gets a good ball, he sings in a quick inwards-going cross. and It makes a forward stream. Obviously, he got his first goal from it as well. Uh, I was in Ike's one two between a pair as well. But he's definitely being a huge addition to City's defense.
0: He's creative from a fullback position. It makes you think of guys like Danny Alves or Marcelo. You could say the same thing about them being creative as a fullback. Mm-hmm. Um, it puts you immediately into that upper echelon of the world's top fullbacks, and Mendy will be there if he mm-hmm. continues sure. to play like this.
1: <laughs> Talking about her defense, Liverpool's defense um I'm, I'm not even going to give excuses of us being ten men down. I mean a defensive organization was just poor anyway. um a poor game from Joel uh, Matip. I mean you know happens occasionally yeah, um both Clavin like um, he's good against like lower ranked teams, but I, I remember in England in town his um hes his do shops, right. And it was this guy who could sell Domux in, like, the centre. Looked just like Ragnar Klavan. Wouldn't surprise me if they switched places this past weekend. <laughs> just the way that he, he looked Yeah, just go, Yeah, just how he played. Um, I mean, he didn't know what he was doing. Like, if he plays at any one of like, an ounce of, like, pacing skill he's done for. Um, but why so up doing a pair of them is they need to stick tighter. They were very wide open and several times, I think it was City's first goal through Aguero. Yep. Um, just uh, well, a couple of times, even. I think one of your other goals, just pass right down the middle. Aguero, yeah. yeah, it was Aguero when he passed it off to the side to Jesus as well. Right. Just pass right down the middle, Aguero was gone. Oh, yeah. And it's, um, but the time you think of it is
0: that first goal, De Bruyne's pass, yeah. 50 feet. It was a good pass, not get me wrong. It definitely was, but no one was there to even try to make a play on it. And Aguero's just sitting there open in the middle. Mm-hmm. And when you have a striker who is as experienced, as well-rounded as Sergio Aguero, the the last thing you ever want to do is give him space. Yeah. I mean, at least cut down his space. He can beat you in a lot of ways, but at least don't give him space to do it. And it's like Liverpool, the 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 two center halves. They just took that mm-hmm. and they reversed it. They said, "All right, we'll give him space, and then we'll see what he can do with it." And he made him pay.
1: Well, starting with backs as well. Um, they looked to we had uh, Mourinho know, and Trent Alexander-Arnold, and Alexander Arnold. I've loved him so far. But that game, the pair of them, they just seemed a lot more intent to attack before defence. defend. <laughs> and, um, it was on that first Aguero goal as well. They we were able already pushing forward to help yep. on the pressure and the attack. And we lost it, and boom, they, they yep. were out of the play. And Clavin and Matip were just wide open. And obviously Aguero, yep. rounded um, Yeah. boom, goal.
0: Well, of course, I mean, Jurgen Klopp being a, a, a manager who supports a high line, mm-hmm. Normally, I think you'd want to see your fullbacks do that, but you have to know when you're playing an attack as potent as City. Yeah. You have to wait for that right opportunity. To me, it, it seemed like Alexander Arnold and Moreno just, especially for Alexander Arnold, it was just inexperience. Not yeah. knowing the type of attack that you're playing, that you have to you have to stay back, mm-hmm. and it didn't seem like they had really gotten that through their head until you know it was too late.
1: Yeah. Uh, last I got a point points I want to bring up as well. Uh, Marnie's red cards. Uh, we, we talked about this. I said I'd like, fight you if you disagreed with me. <laughs> um, but, yeah, red cards, hold on.
0: No, no, it's, yeah. not, it's certainly not a red card. And I'll bring up this example. Uh, two days later in the Monday match, mm-hmm. Winston Reed straight-up drop-kicked Steven <laughs> Mounier in the face. I mean, it was clear on the replay. Boot hit him in the face and everything. Mounier was down. They mm-hmm. had to call the trainer. It was this whole thing. Winston Reed did not even draw a card. Yeah. It wasn't red, it wasn't yellow. I think I don't even know if there was a foul. I think they just gave the ball back. I mean, it mm, was Yeah. It was almost the same play. The only difference was Reed was behind Mounier when he did that mm-hmm. and Monet jumped into Ederson, which I think is the difference. Now, Ederson's injury as gruesome as it was, yeah. was one of those things that just you know, it happens. You're playing soccer. Mane is this incredibly energetic forward. Mm-hmm. Ederson is a ridiculously athletic keeper yeah. as far as they go. These things are going to happen. Maybe give a yellow for Mane for a high boot. I could see that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you contacted Ederson in the face. You forced him out of the match. Yeah. So that's fine. Give him a yellow. But to give him a red, it just goes against the precedent that they've already set. I totally yeah, disagree. I
1: mean, I'm I'm not saying Eva player was in the wrong as to how we were playing the game mm-hmm. um edison i mean they say uh, extremely athletic and just to be running out of your goal <laughs> like i mean he was what five yards out of his box oh, flying easily. in for a header yeah and the fact he was flying in for a header that you know if, if you're putting your head into the ball and you've got Ma sadio Mane coming in who who's not even really expecting him to be there right i mean what can you expect when you've got a boost coming in at your face like that.
0: Exactly. Well, let's, let's take... A, I think the good test for red cards is would that play have happened if the other player wasn't there? Yeah. To me, a red card should always be if it was something completely egregious to injure the other player or to stop a goal or something like that. If Ederson wasn't there, what Mane did would have been completely... He would have done the right thing because mm-hmm. he would have tried to take a touchdown with his, with his lead foot and mm-hmm. try to get, to get himself goal. in a position to score. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have like taken a head to that or something. So Mane was doing the right thing. The fact that Ederson was there made that the play that it did, which is why I think it deserves a yellow. I think a yellow is for something like that, like hey, you injured the guy, mm-hmm. you know, like be on your best behavior for the rest of the match, certainly. But to to give it a red for something that Mane wasn't really in the wrong for doing. Mm-hmm. And in, in such a, you know, in baseball you would call it a bang bang play. Yeah. In such a high paced environment where Monet probably saw Ederson when he was in the air, so he couldn't do anything. Yeah. I it shouldn't have been a red, and it's even worse that they upheld, they upheld it that, I was about on, to say. on appeal. On mm-hmm. appeal, that that makes yeah. it worse, to be honest.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm I'm not too worried about your whole three game um, bang for three games, mm-hmm. but how I see it is. Yeah, he's missing three FA games. So, he cracks two Premier League games in a League Cup game against Leicester. Right. But either side of those games in the middle, you've got Champions League games yeah, in Sevilla, and I believe it's CSK Moscow or Spartak Moscow. Yep. Um. So, I mean, he's going to be fitting ready for both of those games. Obviously, he already was for Sevilla. Um, so, sort sucks, but at least he's rested for a few other games we need them for.
0: Uh, it's rather... I- I think anyone would rather have Mane miss these, these three matches with Champions League than to get down into the April-May situation and mm. then have Mane miss three matches. Yeah, so, definitely. Uh
1: beginning of the season is where you'd want yeah. this to happen. Yes, uh, anyways, we will move onwards to a, just a quick weekly recap. Just going to go off the scores. If you have anything to say about them, be my guests. So, obviously, Manx City five Liverpool 0. It happens. Um, Watford, away from home at St. Mary's, beats Southampton 2-0. Uh, Chelsea beat Leska two one as well, um, away from home at King Power Stadium. Everson, uh, another loss against Spurs. Um, we lost at some Park 3-0. Uh, Brighton beat West Brom three uh, one. Good win, uh, good win for Brighton there and first goals, first yeah, first points I believe yeah. Yeah,
0: and it was a very un uh, Tony Pulis like performance mm-hmm. from from yeah. West Brom. They let themselves get rattled, which is not what you'd expect a Tony Pulis team to be doing, Definitely. but, you know, good for Brighton, especially to do to have that kind of performance
1: at home. Yep. Big win. Uh, Arsenal bounced back from that Liverpool defeat, to beat Bournemouth 3-0. Uh, Manchester United drop their first points of the season and their first goals uh, with a 2-2 tie at the Britannia Stadium against Stoke. And jumping on to Sunday's fixtures, Burnley beat Crystal Palace 1-0. Uh, we'll go on to that in a second with Frank De Boer. Mm. Uh, Newcastle picking up more points, they um, big Swansea away from home. And Monday's game, as you mentioned, West Ham has his field, and West Ham picked up their first points as well, 2-0 win. And yeah,
0: they finally looked convincing. It took them four matches, but they, yeah. they finally looked... And I, actually, I take that back. Convincing wasn't even the right word. Mm-hmm. They looked present. <laughs> That's what they did. They looked like they were on the field at the same time as the other team, yep. which you can't really
1: say about them in their first three matches. And this just makes me laugh. It probably won't come up at any other point today. So I'm going to mention it now. Um, it was the Manchester United Stoke game. Do you see Jose Mourinho after the game against uh, with with Mark Hughes? With the handshake? Yeah. Do you see Mourinho's uh, post game conference?
0: Yeah. Well, he said, "What did he say? That he he chastised the journalist. Said it was a bad yeah. question yeah. for asking him why like, he didn't shake Mark like, hand.
1: I want to be polite with you." <laughs> That's a bad question. Huh? That's a
0: bad question. It's such a Mourinho like answer. It, it it reminds me of when uh when he was with Chelsea and and uh Chelsea I think lost or Drew and they had two legit penalty claims mm. and and he goes into his to the press conference and he says, I don't I, I won't criticize the officials because then I'll get in trouble. But yeah. there were four times in the match that this could have been a different match or something it's it's a Mourinho like style to act like he's being nice to you but have this horrible criticism yeah <laughs> I
1: mean well it's a perfectly good question he's like why didn't you shake his hands that's <laughs> a like, good question like, just that's a bad question like,
0: What's <laughs> Mourinho's that? just in a mood I mean yeah. you get Mourinho in that mood you can ask him Jose how's the weather he's like it's I, I respect you but that's just not <laughs> it's a, it's a good a question. question it's a bad
1: question <laughs> anyways well we'll head onwards to um, Frank de Boer sacking Crystal Palace um, I guess I'll just jump into it here myself. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous sucking, in my opinion, <laughs> just it's ridiculous.
0: D- is that influenced by by the man that they hired to replace him? No, <laughs> it,
1: it's really it, no, it's really not. I mean, terrible decision. We'll jump into that as well. But okay, they have zero out twelve points. But reason the board brought him in. Bear in is seventy days earlier. Was to form? This kind of Crystal Palace way, how they played, you know, kind of a lower table way of hoof the ball up the field, kicking right. kind of thing. Yep, yep. And they brought a man who is more of a tactician, get the ball on the ground, pass it about. Right. And obviously, clearly, it takes it takes time to get used to a manager's playing style. And mm-hmm. Crystal Palace didn't jump on to that straight away. But you know, it takes time. Maybe give it till Christmas. Maybe if he's still doing appalling, and maybe. Yeah. But that gives you half a season to recover. But it's right. early on, you know. Like give them time to have the players kind of adjusting. Yep. I, it was a game. I think it was two weeks ago now. Got Crystal Palace were losing, uh, and you did see. Uh, it was against uh, Huddersfield, mm-hmm. uh, and you saw Crystal Palace revert back to Huddersfield to Christian Benteke. It's
0: what those players know at this point.
1: Yeah, and but you, I just think it's bad on the Borgs' part to. Hire a guy knowing what you are coming into and not giving him enough time to implement what he does.
0: I agree with you, and I, I uh, personally, I've always believed in giving a manager one transfer window, mm-hmm. be it winter or summer. Give him... I mean, don't hire him before... If you hire him before the transfer window, give him one more. Give him time with his team and then a transfer window. I'll tell you what, I think Swansea... Is sitting here going wait? We could have fired Bob Bradley after four matches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I agree with you. This is is it's really idiotic. But I will give you some numbers, and and these might have influenced the Crystal Palace you know powers that be mm-hmm. a little bit. Obviously, they're they're 0 for 12 points this season. They have not scored a goal. They've allowed yeah. seven.
1: So the defense
0: not terrible. The offense worse than terrible.
1: Bull. Real quick question. I don't know if you have a stack for how many shocks he's taken, if you can find it, but, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not the manager's fault when his, well, maybe slightly booker players are getting in the position to score, and when he can't put the and ball on goal, that's not his fault.
0: Well, it's certainly not the manager's fault when the players aren't performing, which we could have an entire episode about at what point is it the manager's fault or not. Uh, Um, I'll
1: talk about that (laughs) later with my uh, ruling of the week as well, but continue. Okay. Okay.
0: Zaha is hurt. That's mm-hmm. your that's your prime piece right there. That's yeah. your crown jewel if you're Crystal Palace. That's the man you stole from Manchester United and turned into mm-hmm. a you know a, a, a guy who's knocking on the door of being a, a world-class player. Mm-hmm. He's hurt for the next month or so. Yeah. Um so you don't have him. <clears throat> Excuse me. Obviously, you have the worst goal difference in the Premier League. If you care about fantasy, Wayne Hennessy, the goalkeeper in terms of fantasy form, mm-hmm. is at 4.0, right? No one else is above two. Most players are in between one and two. And if you, ever, if you play Premier League fantasy, you know that that is not good. Yeah. So if you care about that, then th- there's those numbers for you. No significant transfers. The only significant transfer was uh, watching um, the goalkeeper whose name escapes me right now. Um, well, Mondanda, is- Jimmy Mondanda. Yeah. Uh, watching him leave, that's your most significant transfer is a player leaving.
1: leaving. I, I remember him in Marseille.
0: Yeah. Like years ago, he was he had a lot of talent. Yeah. yeah. He was part of that class that saw Andres Townsend and mm-hmm. Zaha on a permanent. It was that group yeah. of transfers. Um, what it comes down to, I think, uh, there are a lot of numbers that would have forced the higher-ups hand in saying, you know what, we need to we need to nip this in the bud before it gets any worse. Mm-hmm. The problem is, and I guess this will transition us into the next thing, who they replaced him with. My philosophy is if you're going to sack a manager under these circumstances in any sport, you have to replace him with someone who is going to do a hands down better Mm. job. No matter what the circumstances are, you have to be 100% assured that he's gonna do a better job. And I think who they brought in is the opposite of that. What mm-hmm. you can be assured of is
1: that Roy Hodgson will do almost a worse job. Well, yeah, actually, um, sorry to cut you off there, but I think what they've accepted is, oh, this group of players can't play with the ball on the floor. Let's bring in a guy who, you know, his style of play is like a bottom end of the table teams yeah. for the most part. You know, get back to hoofing up the field to Christian Benteke. <laughs> um, and I think that's what they see in Lee Hodgson.
0: Probably that's probably what they and and you see who you have up top, you see that you have Ben Teke so you're thinking, okay, well, I you know I guess we might as well um, just you know let him do it, mm-hmm. um, let him do what he's good at, but you have to let De have time with his players, like you were saying, um, by the way, to that shots comment, mm-hmm. just in their first match of this season, and this is indicative of the entire year, uh they outshot. Burnley who they lost to 1-0. Mm-hmm. They outshot them 23 to 4. So you But that's so, just shots. Yeah
1: on target Four. So yeah, so you're telling me like team that like, takes 24 shots and can't hit a shovel for a barn door And then um, the manager gets sucked for that?
0: Right. Well, I don't understand especially in the first match Is it the manager's fault that his players cannot find the goal? Yeah, and I remember that match and two of the four shots they did take were just kind of dribblers mm-hmm. that just fell into the arms of the keeper. Yeah. I mean, it was it was really nothing. They only had two dangerous attacking moments, both of which involved Zaha, not coincidentally. Yeah. So it, it kind of... Roy Hodgson is not the guy to replace Frank DeBoer. Maybe with this group of players it is, but if you're Crystal Palace and you're saying our goal is to not be... It's to not play like a bottom-of-table team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We want to play like a real Premier League team. We wanna play like a contender. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna bring in Roy Hodgson. I mean, where's the leap in logic there?
1: I mean that's yeah, signifying having tanks to be a type of club that just scraps against relegation. Like, at that point I'd rather get relegated and go for a league title exactly. and show some excitement for the fans at least. Let
0: Boer <laughs> get it right let Deboer get relegated and then say, you know what, Deboer has the reins to this team this is a long-term project. We're going to build it. We have pieces. We have guys like Zaha. Wayne Hennessy is solid, and he'll be around for a little longer. Yeah. You have some good pieces uh, in the defensive midfield. Um, obviously, you have good forwards. If you don't want Benteke, sell him. He
1: still has value. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, in this market, he could go $25, 30000000 Easily,
0: easily. Yeah. And you know what? If he happens to net himself a couple goals, maybe you bump him up to 35 or even 40 I mean, yeah. he has value right yeah. now. So let him go. Keep Zaha, build the club around Zaha. I mean, this is a long-term project. Instead, what they've said to the fans is, you know, we're going to be in a relegation battle every year. So, you yeah. know, have fun with that. Have fun mm-hmm. not knowing if, if your club is going to be in the Premier League next year or not. Yeah. And for fans who can't get out to the matches, have fun knowing if you're even going to be able to watch, watch Crystal on Palace on TV anymore. Yeah. So it's, it, to me, is a, is a horrible decision. I criticized Swansea when they fired Bob Bradley, but I understood mm-hmm. what their logic was. I still thought they should have give, gave him a transfer window. This is just inexcusable. It's like Leicester firing Renieri. It's, it's like yeah. you have so many issues inherent to the club, and so you just fire the manager. Like, that's going to do something.
1: And that's something I respect as well with Bournemouth and Eddie Howe. I yeah. mean, look, you look at these two teams right now, if there's a team that does and an uh, open management that does have an excuse to find a manager, it's Bournemouth with Eddie Howe. Yes. Okay, so yes, going the, the exact same position. Well, Eddie Howe's been with Bournemouth since he in League Two. Um, you look back to last season, and you know, once again, you know, being in the for what, three seasons you now? This is the third season? Yeah, this is the third so, you season. Know, uh, last season, they had a huge stretch of games where they did appalling. It They went from, you know, like, challenging ninth, 10th, to dropping like down to 14th, 15th place. Um, I feel like with a lot of other clubs, guys often be times for, you know, get a manager. Mm-hmm. But uh, Bournemouth, up a hierarchy of kind of, they you know, it's a long-term project and it's worked out great for them so far. You have yep. a, a young manager in Eddie Howe, who uh, I won't have any qualms with him being England manager in the future. I like him. I can see that. And, you know, he's still young, but, you know, we'll see. say You like He's brought a League Two team to the Premier League. And- mm-hmm couple of years, what, six, seven years or something stupid? Yeah. So, yeah, it's a uh, huge respect to him and Bournemouth. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Anyways, um, international break. So, this was, um, I mean, take the reins. What do you want to talk about? So, I have a couple of short talking points, but hit me. What you want?
0: So, we're talking international teams or are we talking
1: Champions League here? Oh, I can do both, I thought.
0: Well, there's a lot. I think internationally... Um, The big story is the clubs that, or the teams that didn't do well, Mm -hmm. um, the teams that were disappointing. USA And, well, yeah, the the US obviously has to go um, at the top of those. Um, When it comes to the US, I don't don't even want, I don't even really want to, um, like, really get into it. Yeah. Like, because, mostly because we could go for, you know, probably an hour or more. About yeah, what all the issues inherent to to this U.S. team really are. Mm-hmm. Um, but beyond that, there wasn't a lot that was going to surprise me. To be honest with you, that was happening. There was a lot of you know Belgium beating down on yeah. on um, on Gibraltar nine nil, mm-hmm. which of course Vincent company got hurt in. Um, <laughs> there's just, there's just not a lot. You know, there's not a lot to yeah. talk about. I think okay. from from this break, it was a lot of. We saw what we expected to see, mm-hmm. mostly. Uh, the teams that were supposed to play well did play well, mostly. Mm. Um, so I think
1: that's a lot of okay, this. Well, we can do Champions League. Um, just two good points from England international break I saw or noticed. Because um, mm-hmm. England's, uh, I don't pay much attention to England nowadays as I've told you. Because I've just kind of gave up <laughs> on them. Yeah, you can thank Roy Hodgson for that. <laughs> oh, I've i gave I've, now, I've gave up on England since probably twenty ten to be honest. It's okay. Like, I mean a lot of nation has at this point. But um, beat, yeah, beat Malta four zero, but three of those goals were in like the last five minutes of the game. Yeah. The first goal of the team comes to get seventy, it's so actually embarrassing. And um just another I guess fun fact is um I guess you saw the Frank's Luxembourg score. Mm-hmm. 0-0. Zero, zero. Yeah,
0: and France outshot them like thirty six to two or something.
1: Yeah. Yep, that's the first time since nineteen fourteen that France have failed to beat Luxembourg. Really? Yes. But anyway, um, Champions League. me. What have you got?
0: Well, would you like? <laughs> I don't. There's so it many places to start. Yeah. Um, let's start with let's start with Tuesday's matches. All right, uh, so, so we can go there. There the, the, the least the least interesting <laughs> day, I think. United playing well against Basel, but you, I kind of expected that, yeah. to be honest with you. PSG looked like a super team against Celtics, <laughs> which they always do. I mean, the fact Cavani, Neymar, and Mbappe all
1: oh, net the yeah. goal
0: in the first half, that's PSG right there. PSG is not going to have competition until they get to the quarterfinals of the Champions it's League. Real. I mean,
1: book Celtic, take show, good character.
0: They did, they did. They stayed on the mat they stayed on the pitch, I guess. I got
1: a sarcasm for me <laughs> with um Brandon Rogers. You know, of course. I'm sure you heard of his whole players having good character oh, in Liverpool.
0: Yeah, yeah. They stayed on the pitch. I gotta respect him for yeah. that. Uh um, sarcastically. Chelsea, six nil. F-
1: beat F C carrier Yeah. No, F C carrier yeah. First Kazakhstan team. FK like actually. I don't what know. What's I say? Yeah. FC. Yeah. FK, carry FK bag. yeah. FC a
0: Um I guess the biggest storyline of the day would have been Barca over Juventus cuz yes. you know Messi found his magic again in mm-hmm. the Champions League and uh the the reports of Barcelona's demise uh pretty yeah. exaggerated. That is still a top top level club there. Losing Neymar uh it's it's kind of a it's a setback. Mm-hmm. It is not an issue for that club. I
1: think the reason people are saying it's a demise is just because the past 10, 15 years, it's always been Barcelona, Real Madrid, not just, well, obviously, you know, competing-wise, but they were the clubs with the money to throw about, while some yep. of the other clubs didn't until recently. Yep. Um. So, actually, they offered the best, the best money to the best players, becoming the best teams, and you know, it's just a catch-22 situation at that yeah. point. Um, and more recently, we've seen the huge TV deals for the Premier League. And that injects and
0: all of the money into yeah, the and Premier League psg
1: clubs. is being squirting money everywhere, and it's squirting. <laughs> <laughs> um, How
0: PSG continues to yeah. evade financial fair play will always, mm-hmm. Ed, I will never understand.
1: So, yeah, we're seeing these clubs being able to... Offer the same kinds of money as you do Barcelona, which is kind of taking away some of that a layer. And, no, and it's also worth mentioning, I mean, Real Madrid. I I prefer Barca over Madrid personally, but Me too. Madrid have just completely outclassed Barca last season or two now as they,
0: well. They definitely have, and I think uh, part of this rise in the majesty of Barca was from the Pep Guardiola days, mm-hmm. where they came out with this system that no one's ever seen before, implemented like he did, and yeah. the, the, these ideas of tiki-taka, and this beautiful brand of, of football that they played, um, it added to a majesty mm. around Barcelona. It became almost literally magical. Yes. The way that that he was able to galvanize them, and what Messi could do, and. I mean, back in those days, there was no Messi or Ronaldo debate. No. It was, it was Messi messy. is the greatest to ever live, probably. Um, and since then, Barcelona has, you know, they've they've taken some steps back. They haven't been able to regain that majesty. And meanwhile, Madrid is, you know, I mean, they've done what they're supposed to do. They They've bought tons of players. Yeah. And they've, I mean, to their credit, they've bought the right ones. I mean, their success rate is pretty high as yeah, far well. as players they buy. But... They do splash
1: the money around. and yeah, I guess point six became more what players can you buy to build a super team compared to right. the whole playing style. Obviously, Barca right. had the players to do so. Yep. you know, Xavi, Iniesta, all those kind of players. But, you know, it was the whole style as well. And, I mean, back then as well, the Spanish team was basically Barcelona as well. Um, and we saw even on the international stage, when Spain won the back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, yeah, losing World Cup. It was almost entirely Barcelona. I mean, yeah. that's what that yeah. team
0: was—was was Barcelona. That is, I mean, it continues to be one of the most dominating uh, points in both club and international that we've ever seen. I mean, rivaled only by Brazil in the '60s and '70s. Yeah. That is one of the most dominating performances, and it's the most dominating performance in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. That all being said, I move on to yesterday's matches. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yesterday was was an incredible day maybe not for you so much as a Liverpool fan, but for as a soccer fan, you have yeah. to appreciate what happened yesterday. Um, I want to start with Tottenham and Dortmund, even though that was the best match of the day, but I want to start with that. Cool. That was an absolutely incredible match. I mean, mm-hmm. everything, the players were amazing. Jan yeah, Malenko's goal. Uh, the goal, all four goals <laughs> yeah. were incredible. I mean, they were strikes that could not have come... Off of any other boots besides these Mm -hmm. world class players and Harry Kane and Son had a great goal, and obviously Yarmolenko had this amazing goal. Um, And Dortmund getting hosed by Obama Yanks offside. This is, I'm telling you, even though it was a two goal deficit, Mm -hmm. that goal wouldn't have helped that much. Well, wouldn't have been 2 2 a couple of points. It would have been 2 2. So. there's a possibility that Tottenham doesn't score because Dortmund's not attacking as much by that point. But let's assume that Tottenham would've scored again, it would've ended 3-2, Dortmund would've lost anyway. That still being said, the debate around video assisted replay in the Champions League, that has started to crop up again, and for good reason, because that, I'm not saying that we should add VAR into the Champions League. What I am saying was, that's a different match if the side judge makes the obviously correct call, and, not calling Aubameyang offside. It's a completely different match. Aubameyang played really well. He would have had that goal. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see more from Pulisic. He kind of disappeared for large stretches of yeah, the match. Yeah, I know.
1: A lot of talking fans were worries about especially a who's been on here. He doing <laughs> he show for about Pulisic.
0: Everyone loves everyone loves him, and I love him, but I didn't see him the way I wanted to. Um, Toyon, the fullback, loved that kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and he played... In my mind, a fantastic match dealing with what he had to deal with on those wings. The Dortmund center halves did not play well. Mm-hmm. Um, even Socrates didn't play that well. The attacking, the attacking men, they did. Uh, they should have had two. Aubameyang was wrongfully disallowed. That was just an incredible match. From, yeah, from top to bottom, it was it was amazing. I enjoyed every second of of watching that match.
1: At yeah, the same time, we got match going on. Obviously, Liverpool was going on, so that's what I was focusing on. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, I was really a tailor of two halves as well. Yes. Liverpool first half, started off in good old, um, I'd say it was um, Liverpool 0, De jong 1. <laughs> uh, oh, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, what a, what yeah, a what ball, what an embarrassment. Ball in comes that. in. I, I could have stopped. Right? It wasn't <laughs> even fast. Cause it was like a typical pass to his feet. If he hadn't moved, he'd have stopped <laughs> it. That's what it yeah. didn't
0: take any movement. If mm. he just stood there.
1: Yeah. Um, but obviously, he got legs good goal. Um, but after that, we really didn't give Sevilla a sniff a goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and he got counter-attack and play. You do obviously see with the speed of Mane, Firmino, oh, yeah. um, and Salah, obviously. Uh, and Mane and Salah were yeah. deadly. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, Salah got his goal. A little bit lucky on the deflection. True. But his hustle to get back, steal the ball, and take a shot...
0: And a little bit of luck that that wasn't called a foul. I that think wasn't a foul. Watching it in slow motion, he didn't get the ball. There wasn't a lot of contact. I would have gone either way with it. To be honest, mm-hmm. whatever the ref had called, I would have agreed with. Yeah. But I, he's lucky that the ref did not see that because, as a
1: foul. I just see as, yeah, he did come in from behind. But, I mean, uh, I, I don't know what severe play it was, but he went down far too easy. Or it was yes. just too much strength. I think,
0: I think that's what it was. I think he went down too easily.
1: Yes, um, obviously Firmino missed a penalty too off the post, which yeah. that came back to haunt us. Whew. Hard, hard, hard. Um, at that point in the match, because outside of the Leveran error,
0: uh, Sevilla had not even. I'm saying yeah, touched like we closed down completely. So at that point in the match, you're kind of thinking, oh well, Firmino misses the penalty; they'll have another opportunity. Yeah. But and I think. Liverpool almost started to think that as well. They kind of just expected mm-hmm. that, there would, that there would come another opportunity, and that's not Klopp's style. And you could see yeah. at the end of the match how incensed he was just at everything that was going and on. And it
1: goes like a huge transfer from Emre Chang as well. I don't yep. know if it was another breakaway. Yep. Emre Chang must have been, what, 12 yards out? And it was a close shot. I mean, I'm not going to fault him on that, but he needs to be a finishing those as well. And if it yes. fell to somebody else.
0: I agree. It was, it, it was a tough angle, to be fair.
1: But if, if that got falls to Mange or Salah for me, you know, that's probably going to be a goal. Oh, well. it's that—that's yeah. a goal for sure. I think second half, I watched on the bus ride home. Uh, so watching it on the stream on my crack phone, but from what I saw, again, it, like we just—you know, we were a lot more ping back, and obviously Mange came off as well, so we yep. lost that kind of speed up top. Um, and Sevilla, Scorsese just kind of overrun us themselves and you know, equated in that goal. Um, and yet, adding other Changs right as well, like he could have scored as well. So, yep. lucky to leave Anfield with that one point, really. And at least Spartak, Moscow and Maribor also tied 1-1. Yeah. So, it didn't hurt us too bad. Because, I mean, Sevilla and Liverpool the teams expecting to come out to this group stage, which is why I'm not overing saying that we tied, despite the fact we should have won. Mm-hmm. Because I'm obviously confident we can beat Maribor. And if I was confident we can beat Spartak Moscow, and if they're tying Maribor as well, then I'm not too worried at the moment.
0: Yeah, I agree. That was a well-played match, though, from, from Spartak. I think Maribor, it was everything in their power to keep that mm-hmm. to one goal. Um, the other match that caught my eye was uh, Leipzig and Monaco. Monaco. Mm-hmm. Uh, granted, Monaco was not the same team that qualified for the Champions League last season, losing yeah. what they lost. But also, this is Leipzig's first ever time in the Champions League.
1: I'm a fan of Leipzig. You're not a fan of Leipzig? Mine's 2.0. <laughs> I mean, they were created in, what, 2000 and something very recent? Yeah, it was, I think, within 2009. the last 15 years. Oh, wow. Yeah, a club eight years old in the Champions League, I it's because of money.
0: Yeah, it's... I mean, obviously, they were able to, to throw some money around, but they didn't get... It's it's Man City in this way. What I've always respected about Man City is that in modern soccer, you need money in order to compete. You just do. Yeah, I mean Man United Man United thought you didn't and they finished seventh for it. Yeah. So you, you do need it. Well but plug back. Well, I mean before that? Yeah, before uh-huh. that. Um you do need it. But yeah. I think what City did and what Leipzig is now doing is they're paying in the fifteen to twenty million range, and in today's market, that's about thirty to thirty-five ish yeah. for these players who have shown great potential, who then grow at that club, and then if they want to sell them, they turn profit. be data. Well, it's that's a great example. And for City, it's I mean, how many guys you have? Jeco, you have Balotelli, you have Tevez. I mean, all, so all these guys you sell for profit. They're yeah. not doing that anymore, which is why I'm starting to become. Um, uh, distanced, I guess, from from the squad that won their first Premier League, but yeah. Leipzig is in the same vein. I think they're paying money for system guys, as you would say. Yeah, um, they're not PSG. They're not going out and just buying the best players they can find mm-hmm. um, and enough. throwing them into into a club. So that's very much. And i have always just for me as a sports fan, I love the underdog. I love someone, a team, maybe being able to unseat Bayern. You know, I just, I I love that idea. And Dortmund is probably my favorite German team because of, I mean, how could you not love like a yellow wall and everything that surrounds that club.
1: Klopp at the time.
0: Exactly. And I love Jurgen Klopp. And he's probably my favorite manager in the world right now. Um, But, you know, Leipzig or Dortmund, I think they're up there with dethroning
1: Bayern. I mean, Leipzig wearing a race for a while last season and eventually fell off. I think that was a depth That was them realizing, wow, this is what it takes to compete
0: with the top in the Bundesliga. Yeah, Yeah. because Bayern has their eleven starters, and then they have eleven guys that can come off the bench that are, yeah, exactly, that are just as good. So unless you have that, it's it's hard to compete with Bayern in a a Bundesliga season. But I was impressed. And one final note: Shakhtar Mm. over Napoli. I think everyone considered that a huge upset, probably because no one watches Shakhtar. I've seen them; they're oh, great. Oh, Shakhtar, great! They do well in the Champions League. I believe they were the club that put six goals on—I can't remember who it was last season—but they put six goals on some club and Did um
1: got beat by six goals.
0: No, no, no. They—I think they put six goals I on was- someone.
1: Barcelona and Messi put six goals past him.
0: Maybe that was, but Shakhtar also scored okay. six goals on, on someone else. And they had a forward who had a hat trick in the first half. I mean, it was... Th- this is a good Champions League squad. Uh, mm-hmm. So I like them and I don't think that it is as much of an upset as everyone thinks yeah. it was.
1: Anyways, I guess we're going through time pretty slowly here, aren't we? Um, yeah, this is... Taking this is some a long time. One. Yeah. Okay, we'll head on to a goal of the week. Yeah, let's do it. Um... So there's actually a lot of good contenders this week. Maybe mine's a little controversial. I don't know if you saw Harry King's post-game interview. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was with Gary Lineker, actually, mm-hmm. so... um, <laughs> He he says himself he doesn't mean it. But regardless, I mean, I'm sure you saw the goal. <laughs> <laughs> like but When I was watching it, he certainly he looked like he meant it because... Yeah. You look at how um, Pickford was off his off his line; it was from posts, mm-hmm. and I think it was perfectly placed on like a far like side netting, yeah. And curl on it, like I was like, "There's no way that's by accident." <laughs> um, but he said it was. But I'm still giving him goal of a week because of just how inch perfect it was. Ah,
0: I like that. I like that. But I think mine, I think mine is a little bit more controversial. Mm-hmm. Mine is Pedro Obiang's goal against Huddersfield. Okay. If you watch that game, you would know that that was a deflection off of Matthias Jorgensen's back into the side of the goal. This is my goal of the week because of this. If you watch the goal, the ball, like it's the goal of the week because of the ball. Like it's the ball physics like you would not believe. It's like FIFA on steroids. Like it hits this It hits this guy's back and it it curls up and around over the goalkeeper <laughs> and into the side netting. It was the greatest shot I've ever seen and it was all because of the ball. I mean, Obiang didn't do anything. He just kind of like hoofed it at the goal and hoped that it was gonna go somewhere. And then, I don't know, it was my goal of the week because just physics shut down for a moment mm-hmm. on that ball while it was in the air. <laughs> uh, so, it's I'm giving it just for the ball. So, if, if you're keeping track, today's goal of the week goes to the ball in the Obiang go. goal, the goal against Huddersfield.
1: Alright, um well talking about deflections and whatnot, heading on to player of the week. I've got uh, Pascal Gross, uh, for Brighton. Um scored a double in uh, not only first wing, but our first goals of the season. Mm-hmm. Um his first goal, uh, it was uh, he took a shot and it deflected off. Um I'm trying to think who playing. Oh, yeah, who Brighton played. Um West- West Brom. It deflects off the West Brom defender and winning, not the cleanest goal, but it was a historic goal, nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Um, but his second goal, it, I had a coach in high school. It was, um, say, so, you know, if you skim a ball like right off the grass and keep mm-hmm. it down to worm burner. Yep. Uh, that shot was a worm burner. He, <laughs> like, he was 25, 30 yards out, nailed it, bottom corner from distance. It was yep. a beauty. Um, but, yeah, he also got his assist as well on... Um, Bryson's fair goal, okay. which was a beautifully timed crossing single box as well. So he gets my player of the week. Okay. Uh, my player of the week is Kevin De Bruyne. Mm-hmm. And the reason
0: why is because he looked like a superstar yes. in that match. So two assists. The numbers are there. You know, he had two assists. Um, he didn't take a shot. He didn't need to take a shot. Um, City, obviously, with the clean sheet. Uh, He was threatening whenever he touched the ball. He always advanced the play forward somehow. Even if the ball went backward, Mm -hmm. the play went forward. Uh, He was creative. He found passes. I mean, that first ball to Aguero, how could he possibly have seen that? I mean, the only way is just to have this this inhuman level of knowledge about about the game and, and that's Kevin De Bruyne
1: in a T. Yeah and actually when you also have a relationship with the players. Yes. Mean, that's something Suarez and Scorridge had got twenty fourteen season when Liverpool yeah. finished second because they knew what each other was doing. Mm-hmm. and you could well very well see a gap between like De Bruyne and Aguero. where oh, he definitely. knew Aguero would be making that wrong. Oh yeah. So he just sent it to there, and he was there. To to his
0: credit, uh it you know, to be fair, it makes it easier when you have world class players like Aguero, but he, De Bruyne was just magical. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was everything that Pep was supposed to make him into. Not that he wasn't great last season. I yep. mean, 21 assists, 6 goals, 21 assists. I mean, he was he was almost better than advertised last season. Mm-hmm. But yeah. if you're going to advertise him like that player this season, he was better than advertised in this match. So, he was he was amazing. He's a big reason why City pulled the result that they did from a really, really, really good Liverpool Mm -hmm. club, even down to 10 men. That's a really good club.
1: I guess we'll move on to the villain of the week. Sorry, you saw me smiling. Got a message from a beak talking about North Korea as announced.
0: Okay. Weird thing Weird thing to have on a soccer podcast. Yeah,
1: it looks okay. Um, So, villain of the week. Uh, Who you got?
0: I got Asmir Begovic.
1: Asmir Begovic, okay.
0: Yes. Um, And the reason why... uh, it's mostly because watching that match, I'm like, what the hell is this dude doing <laughs> in goal? Uh, to go through his numbers, just in four matches, he conceded one goal in their first match against West Brom. Okay. That's respectable. Concedes two against Watford, not great. Two against Man City, okay. again, respectable. They just put up five on Liverpool. Yeah. And then three against Arsenal. This dude cannot stop a goal, and <laughs> n- none of those teams you know, take a ton of shots. You know, yeah. they those. It's like I don't. I don't know what he's doing. I, and just watching him, he just looked lost. Mm-hmm. It, he didn't have communication with his back line. No one was getting in the way of shots when when they were playing I mean, against Arsenal. That
1: first goal was scrappy. Yeah, yes, um, well, back Isaac, wasn't it? Yeah, it was yeah, well, back. well back.
0: Well, he lets, and, and that's my other point. You let Danny Welbeck score score two, goals. Score two and assist. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know if he got the assist or if he was just involved in the other play,
1: but Anga Galakas' shot. To be fair, it was a great shot. Yes, Four. fantastic
0: shot from from the right of the 18. Not yeah. much you can do about that. Mm-hmm. I could see one goal. Danny Welbeck is not a very creative player. He's not a player that you're going to find in weird spaces that you don't know how to do with like a Mosala type mm-hmm. player that you see everywhere. Yeah. That's not Danny Welbeck. You know what Danny Welbeck's going to bring to the table. <laughs> Goal exactly. It's one of those it's like a Benteke. It's one of those guys you can't Chichuto. let Right. You can't let him beat you mm-hmm. because you know what he's bringing to the table. If yeah. Arsenal beats you, it should be Lacazette. It should be Sanchez if he ever got into the game, you know. Yeah. It, it should be one of those guys. Um or it should be Ozil just Finding some magical way to, mm-hmm. to you know to put a guy on goal. It should not be Danny Welbeck Finding space when you know what space he's going to look for mm-hmm. so Asmir Begovic uh, He is my villain and he's got to step up if Bournemouth want to have any shot
1: if of staying points If they want a point <laughs> if they want a point Begovic has to figure something out well, um you went for a team with zero points I'm going for the other team with zero points Crystal Palace okay. um, I have a uh, Lee Chung Young now he's I mean just playing for Crystal Palace as a villain moving itself at like his points <laughs> but um, at Roy Hodgson <laughs> he he didn't have the worst game except for in the third minute of the game um, I mean I, do you see the goal I assume uh, I saw the goal. yeah he, so he um, he runs back into his own half he picks his head up you know he (laughs) what's he doing like it was I don't know if it was a pass one of his own players like defenders or half ass pass back to his goalkeeper (laughs) but instead it was a beautiful through ball curled (laughs) around a defender straight into Chris Wood's path just first times they passed.
0: I think it was the goalkeeper. The only explanation I had was that he had like a mini stroke or something and <laughs> thought he was on the training ground for a second and just that's the only explanation I had for it. I don't know how I don't know how that pass was supposed to go in his mind. But whatever it was, it was a gorgeous pass too. Like that it was. If that was to someone from his own team, that's like a Sports center top 10 play. I mean, that's amazing.
1: You reminds me of you know what I'm gonna say. Yeah. Kabakshwa we had that bakshwa has it. Rolling on to his own onto it. Oh boy, okay.
0: It just when you talk about when you talk about just incredible looking own goals. It, it's it wasn't even an own goal, it was like a pass. It was it was an own was an assist.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, moving on. This week in history. So, 14th of September 1997, so exactly 20 years ago today. Okay. I was one year old. Um, so, Leeds United, because if you said Blackburn Rovers 4 um, 3. What do you think was special about that game? Just Leagues beat Blackburn 4 um, 3.
0: Was that the last time that Leeds has won a Premier League game? In September. Just in that- general.
1: That'd be a very long season of not winning any (laughs) games. No, no, it's not. Um, It's actually a joint record for the most goal scores in the first half of a game. Wow. So, seven goals in the first half. Uh, Unfortunately, it finished 4-3, so no more fireworks, unfortunately. Um, But, yeah, that record has been tied since. Okay. Um, The most recent one, um, Manchester United's defeat of Reading. Again, it was 4-3 in the first half. Mm-hmm. And um, two teams who... I, I remember one of them being in the Premier League recently, but mm-hmm. one, I didn't even remember this. It was um, Derby, who I remember. Mm-hmm. He tied Bradford City in 2000. Um, it was a 4-4 tie. Wow. And again, it was 4-3 in the first half. Okay. Um, so, yeah. yeah that's, that's a good 3, but All the right. first time it happened was it being... Got leeching, Isaac like Blackburn game.
0: Okay, well, I, I apologize to lead. They actually finished fifth that season. So they used to <laughs> be good, I yeah. I apologize for disparaging <laughs> them. <laughs> okay. I, thought that, I thought that that yeah. was when they were starting to get, uh, get, get bad.
1: Out. Leagues won a game in September. Didn't go a whole season without <laughs> winning a game.
0: That was just the end of that. So here's a trivia question for you. Oh, Who love. was the lead scorer on that team? Who was the top goal scorer on that team for Leagues? I
1: don't know, tell me. It was Jimmy Floyd Hasselbeck. Jimmy Floyd Hasselbeck, he played for Leeds. I remember At him that playing. time, he did, I man. remember him playing for Middlesbrough. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I was being four years old, I guess, Blinks. So, but, yeah, I, I definitely remember him playing for Middlesbrough. That's interesting.
0: He, he had himself quite a season this year uh, for Leeds. In fact, uh, in just the second match of the season, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, in the first match of the season, he scored the only goal in a draw against Arsenal.
1: That's probably were... not
0: the coolest thing he did, but he did do it. <laughs>
1: back when Arsenal were, you know, decent.
0: Yeah, back when they when they were something. Yeah. yeah. Back when he... they won titles. Exactly. That was that was That's all crazy. the way back then. It's almost crazy That's to think 17 about. 17
1: years ago. It's almost crazy to think about. And gray hair, my lord. <laughs> okay, well, move on to our week five prediction. Okay, let's do this. Hit me with your prediction. Yes. With my hot prediction yes. takes? yeah, hot take. Give me a crystal ball.
0: <sighs> well, let me... Uh... Let me think. This, is a, this was a tough week, I think, to pick like a, like a weird matchup, you know, because uh-huh. there's a lot of lower, t- lower table teams playing other lower table teams. Yeah. Um, let me... Um, honestly, at the beginning of today, I thought Everton over Man United was something that could have happened because that Arsenal match, yep. or not Arsenal, uh, Spurs, sorry. That Spurs match looked like a total fluke. So I'm thinking, okay, you know, Everton yeah. will come back. Well, after their performance not today in, in the Europa, uh, not happening. Yeah. Um, I think if I'm going to say, are you wanting a bold prediction?
1: Give me your boldest prediction.
0: Bold prediction, West Ham will beat West Brom handily. That, granted, that's on the road for West Ham. That's the only reason why that, yeah, would, okay. that would become a bold prediction. Yeah um if they were at home then that wouldn't really say much but i mean you just you look at some of these matches i mean the friday match is brighton and bournemouth not much happening there i think mm. i think brighton could go get the win mostly because asmir begovic looks totally out of his yeah, league definitely. in goal so i think brighton could get a win there and on saturday i mean like crystal palace southampton newcastle stoke i mean yeah. there's, just, there's just not a lot of like really juicy matchups. So I'll take that one. I liked I liked how West Ham looked against Huddersfield. They didn't they didn't look great, but at least they got the ball on net. So it's somewhere. And uh West Brom just
1: looked deplorable last week. So yeah, I feel well um I went for see so yeah, I I do like a good lower table um, prediction. Mm-hmm. But I stayed at the top ends this week. You've got the London, Derby, Chelsea, Arsenal. Yep, yep. Um ball prediction as well, Chelsea 3, Arsenal nil. Exact Stanford Bridge. Um obviously Chelsea is coming off um that huge six 0 wingings FC carrier bag. Yeah. Um or whatever they call FK carrier bag.
0: <laughs> FK carabag,
1: yeah. Um so I, I bought it, you know, it's a it's an body team, but before they beat uh Alaska two one away from home, which is yep. a good wing. Um when you look at Arsenal, uh, OK, they did beat um uh, Colin Three wonks and ice. Yeah. have I'm to be bullied out of the growing stadium. Right. And also going down one 1-0. 1-0 Yeah. Um. And um, before, uh, yeah, they did bounce back obviously three you nil know, Bournemouth, but heading to Stanford Bridge, I just, I can just, it's about time for another Arsenal collapse. <laughs> you know, yeah. You had the Liverpool game. You've won two games, so um, it's time for them to collapse again and figure fans to melt down. That time. Is it is it really is?
0: Okay. Yeah. That it's honestly the reason why I didn't want to say anything about that match or pick anything about that match, because Chelsea's at Stamford Bridge and Arsenal has just not looked good and mm-hmm. and until they get rid of Wenger, that, I don't think Arsenal's going to be anything. And again, yep. we could have an entire episode about whether Wenger should be there or not. But it's, this this is this is not one of the better weeks in in terms of fixtures. Yeah. This is a pretty barren fixture list here. You I know. could see Huddersfield beating Leicester, so that'd be pretty cool.
1: You know, who will be a good game. KU versus USA, women's soccer.
0: <laughs> That'll be it's a statement game it's for KU, yeah. is what that
1: is. Anyway, it's well. This is Premier League, not college soccer. We so. can
0: we can do a college soccer from LFK. There we go. That episode's <laughs> coming out soon, I guess. Later's nice. Later. <laughs> go go to the uh, that that Twitter handle is college underscore soccer <laughs> underscore at
1: underscore LFK. What was that? That was... That's all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to hang it here. That's what, that's what it would be. All righty. Well, thank you for listening to this week's episodes of EPL from LFK. A little long wings is. Got a little off-tracker sometimes. My North fault. Korea came up. Uh, don't ask. That was your fault. It was. But uh, you can find me on Twitter at EPL underscore from underscore LFK. Um, follow the Playmakers on Twitter and Instagram. Playmakers KU. Do a lot of cool stuff. You know, sports and whatnot. Um, And then finally, if you're interested in getting involved, uh, just contact me through Twitter or email, seangoodman96 at gmail.com. Thanks a lot and have a good one.
0: Can't put out, carve your name into those shining stars. He
1: said, go venture far beyond the shores. Don't forsake this life of yours. I'll guide you home no matter where you are. One day my father, he told me, son, don't
0: let it slip away. When I was just a kid, I heard him say,